December 7th, 1941, a day that shall live in infamy. And we remember Bob Dole, who passed away at the age of 98, a World War II hero. This special combination edition of the Cigar Dave Show and Bold Alpha is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Trenta, commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence. The Gurkha Trenta is everything you'd expect from a Gurkha. Exquisite construction, exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure. Visit GurkhaCigars.com and by Davidoff of Geneva. Introducing the new Avo Caribe. Experience the journey of flavor created by a synchronized blend from the Caribbean accentuated with notes of cigar tobaccos from Central America. Head to the land where palm trees sway to the breeze of the sea with the new Avo Caribe. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And greetings and salutations. It is Cigar Dave, Alpha Dave, your global five-star general alpha male in chief. And today is a very important day. It is the 80th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor in Hawaii, the surprise attack by Japanese forces. 7.48 a.m. on Sunday, December 7th, 1941, Pearl Harbor was attacked by 353 Imperial Japanese aircraft, including fighters, level and dive bombers, and torpedo bombers in two waves, launched from six aircraft carriers. Of the eight U.S. Navy battleships present, all were damaged, four were sunk. All but the USS Arizona were fully raised. Six returned to service and went on to fight in World War II. The Japanese also sank or damaged three cruisers, cruisers, three destroyers, and an anti-aircraft training ship. A total of 188 U.S. aircraft were destroyed. 2,403 Americans were killed. 1,178 others were wounded. We remember Pearl Harbor today, 80 years later, although I fear... That in most schools today, grade schools, high schools, colleges, the day means nothing. World War II means nothing. Because in most instances, World War II history, American history, is not fully and properly taught. It is indeed an outrage. But here on both Cigar Dave, on the Cigar Dave Show and Bold Alpha, we remember. We remember all of our military and we pay tribute today to those that lost their lives, those that were injured on the attack at Pearl Harbor. We have some audio for you that we will play. First up, the news accounts of the attack on Pearl Harbor, and then President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's famous speech to Congress the day after the attack on Pearl Harbor. We interrupt this program to bring you a special news bulletin. The Japanese have attacked Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, by air, President Roosevelt has just announced. The attack also was made on all naval and military activities on the principal island of Oahu. We take you now to Washington. The details are not available. They will be in a few minutes. The White House is now giving out a statement. The attack apparently was made on all naval and 
on naval and military activities on the principal island of Oahu. The president's brief statement was read to reporters by Stephen Early, the president's secretary. A Japanese attack upon Pearl Harbor naturally would mean war. Such an attack would naturally bring a counterattack, and hostilities of this kind would naturally mean that the president would ask Congress for a declaration of war. There is no doubt from the temper of Congress that such a declaration would be granted. This morning, Secretary Hull talked with the secretaries of war and of the Navy. Now the two special Japanese envoys, Admiral Nomura and Special Envoy Caruso, are, are at the State Department engaged in conference with Secretary of State Hull. Their appearance at the State Department on this Sunday afternoon emphasizes the gravity of the Far Eastern situation, where hostilities now seem to be actually opening over the whole South Pacific. And just now comes the word from the President's office that a second air attack has been reported on Army and Navy bases in Manila. Thus, we have official announcements from the White House that Japanese airplanes have attacked Pearl Harbor in Hawaii and have now attacked Army and Navy bases in Manila. We return you now to New York and we'll give you later information as it comes along from the White House. Return you now to New York. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. It's interesting because a high-ranked Japanese military official was quoted as saying that we now have America where we want them, or there are something thereabouts. And a, high, a higher-ranked admiral said, I fear we have awakened a sleeping giant, and that is exactly what took place. America, since December 7, 1941, has never been caught off guard when it comes to our military. And when we look at the background of the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, the tensions between Japan and the United States began 10 years earlier. Specifically, 1931, when Japan invaded Manchuria. And over the next decade, Japan expanded into China, leading to the Second Sino-Japanese War in 1937. Japan spent considerable effort trying to isolate China. Further, in Starting in December 1937, there were events such as the Japanese attack, attack on the USS Panay, the Allison Incident, the Nanking Massacre, which swung Western public opinion sharply against Japan. In fact, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt proposed a joint action with the British to blockade Japan, and in 1938... U.S. companies stopped providing Japan with implements of war. In 1940, Japan invaded French Indochina, attempting to stymie the flow of supplies reaching China. The U.S. at the time halted shipments of airplanes, parts, machine tools, and aviation fuel to Japan. 
the latter perceived as an unfriendly act. The U.S. did not stop oil exports, however, but eventually the U.S. ceased all exports to Japan July of 1941, six months prior to the attack on Pearl Harbor, following the seizure of French Indonesia, Indochina, correction, after the fall of France. Because of that decision, Japan proceeded with plans to take the oil-rich Dutch East Indies. Roosevelt warned Japan America was prepared to take opposing steps if neighboring countries were attacked. The Japanese were faced with a dilemma, withdraw from China and lose face or seize new sources of raw materials in the resource-rich European colonies of Southeast Asia. We know exactly the course Japan took. And we can parallel that to what China, the course that China is taking today in 2021, not just in their own backyard, but around the world with their Belt Road Initiative. They're going into countries. They're going into Africa. They're going into Europe. They're going into Asian countries, poor, poor countries, and some countries that are more affluent, and saying, we will build your infrastructure. We'll build your airports. We'll build your ports. We'll build railways for you. We will build everything. Oh, but there's one condition. We will loan you the money from Chinese banks, and Chinese construction companies will oversee the project, and Chinese companies will manage the project. Oh, and by the way, if you cannot fully pay back the loan, we then own that asset. We will foreclose. It just took place in Uganda. The Chinese financed a big Ugandan airport. Uganda couldn't pay back the money. Many African countries that have entered into similar agreements can't pay back the country. China comes in, they take the asset, and they say, oh, by the way, you also owe us more, so we're going to take your natural resources. It is happening again in 2021, and I fear that the rest of the world, including the United States, is allowing it to happen. They're allowing Chinese aggression, Chinese ambition, Chinese domination to occur. And here we are 80 years later, and I believe history is repeating itself. Now, on this Pearl Harbor, we remember all those who tragically died, those that were injured. And so, today, on Pearl Harbor Day, the proper etiquette is for the American flag to be flown at half-staff until sunset to honor those who died as a result of the Japanese attack on military forces in Hawaii. So if you are in a position where you have a flag flying, your office, your business, your school, your home, please inform those should they not be flying the flag at half-staff. Inform them of the correct etiquette on this Pearl Harbor Day. And at noon today, noon wherever you are, whatever time zone, I ask that you pause just for a moment and pay tribute, memorialize those Americans who died as a result of the attack at Pearl Harbor. Those 2,403 Americans. Pause for one minute. I wish the same would take place in schools and universities. Actually, I wish the entire country would stop. But unfortunately, 
we have a very short-term memory in this country. Ask someone today in school, ask a teenager, ask a college student, ask a 30-year-old, ask a 40-year-old. December 7th, 1941, what's the significance? I would venture to say 75% of them would have no clue. That is repulsive. That is, to me, indicative of the lack of importance placed on American history in schools today. Every American should know December 7, 1941, June 6, 1944. Those are important dates, September 11, 2001. Those dates should be ingrained in every American's brain, taught at the grade school level, the high school level, the collegiate level. Do your part. You are a patriotic alpha American. Tell those people that may have no clue what took place 80 years ago today, inform them, educate them, and if the flag is flying, make sure it's flying at half-staff. A World War II veteran that passed away this weekend, this past weekend, who served in the United States Congress and the Senate for many, many years, I believe 38 years, Bob Dole passed away at the age of 98. Now, Bob Dole, for many that remember Bob Dole, now people that are maybe in their 20s, 30s, they may not remember Bob Dole, but Bob Dole for many years served as the Senate Majority Leader and the Minority Leader in the United States Senate. And you'll remember him that he always had a pen in his right hand, always shook people's hands with his left hand. Well, why was that? Many people wondered. Bob Dole was leading an assault. He was the second Army second lieutenant leading an assault against a German machine gun nest in Italy in World War II when enemy fire tore through his spine and right arm. By all accounts, he should have died. He spent three years enduring multiple operations and painful physical therapy. Bob Dole had to learn, relearn how to walk, bathe, and write with an awkward left-hand scrawl. He never recovered the use of his right hand and arm or the feeling in his left thumb and forefinger making it difficult to do many normal tasks, such as button his shirt, cut his food. Yet, he earned a law degree from Washburn University in Topeka, Kansas in 1952, and to avoid embarrassing those trying to shake his right hand, he always had a pen in it reached out with his left hand. In fact, one of Bob Dole's great accomplishments, he was the motivating factor for persuading Congress to enact protections against uh, discriminating those who had disabilities. The ADA, the Americans with Disability Act, doesn't occur, doesn't get signed into law with bipartisan support without Bob Dole. So today, government offices, public, uh, public places, private places, accessible to those with disabilities, with sidewalk ramps, sign language interpreters at official local events, many other important things, uh, 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 disabled restroom facilities. Those didn't exist 25, 30 years ago before Bob Dole. Now, many people may think, well, I didn't like Bob Dole. He could have been brusque. Actually, when he left office, his dry wit and sense of humor came into, very came really exposed at what a great sense of humor he had. 
And I remember that Norm MacDonald from Saturday Night Live used to portray him because Bob Dole ran for president multiple times, and he was always parodied on SNL. And Norm MacDonald always used to do this parody saying, now listen, Bob Dole knows. He always talked in the third person. Bob Dole knows it. I know it. You know it. American people know it. Know it. Bob Dole knows it. And he did a fantastic impression. Well, after Bob Dole had lost the presidential election uh, to Bill Clinton, he appeared on SNL as himself with Norm MacDonald appearing as Bob Dole. And it was a great skit, very, very witty. And ironically, both Norm MacDonald and Bob Dole pass away in the same year, with Bob Dole obviously much older than Norm MacDonald, but uh, ironic. And just three days after Bob Dole Ended the uh, his his presidential race ended in a resounding loss. Bill Clinton hammered him. He was on the David Letterman show, and Letterman greeted him with a Bob. What have you been doing lately? And Dole answered in his dry wit. Apparently, not enough. Got great laughter, and in his subsequent years, he remained very active with military affairs, and in fact, he remained dedicated to helping disabled veterans and honoring the fallen. In fact, he was the driving force in getting the World War II memorial built on the National Mall. And well into his 90s, Bob Dole still showed up regularly on Saturdays to greet veterans at the memorial. September 2017, Congress voted to award Bob Dole its highest expression of appreciation for distinguished contributions to the country, the Congressional Gold Medal, and in 2019, it promoted him from Army Captain to Army Colonel. He was born July 22, 1923, in Russell, Kansas, very small farming and oil community. His father managed a cream and egg business, sold bootleg whiskey during Prohibition, came from a family of six that struggled through the Depression and the Dust Bowl years. In fact, Bob Dole had mentioned they were so poor, they moved into their basement and rented out the rest of their home. And he never forgot that. And here was a guy that was, in 1943, a six-foot-two Kansas University basketball player, dreams of becoming a doctor, but he fulfilled his patriotic duty, enlisted in the Army, and his war injuries remained with him forever. But there's a very unique cigar twist to the story with Bob Dole. Now you have to remember back in 1943, 1944, 1945, right around the World War II years, every single community pretty much knew their own, their sons that had gone over to fight. Now you look at a town like Russell, Kansas, which is a relatively small town. I don't know what the population is, but it's not large. It's a small community. And when word got back to Bob Dole's hometown of Russell, Kansas, and knew that he had a long road ahead of him, even though that he would be in Army medical facilities, what did the people of Russell do? Well, at the town's, I think it was the general store, they set up a cigar box, an empty cigar box with a sign saying, donate for our hometown son, Bob Dole. Everybody knew in town what he was going through. And of course, during that time, times were tight. But people placed quarters in that cigar box. 
And they presented that cigar box to Bob Dole when he was recovering in the hospital. Long recovery, multiple years. They gave him that cigar box filled with quarters. And you say, well, geez, quarters, what's the big deal? Well, at the time, a quarter was big money. And it was stuffed. And he kept that cigar box. And he always remembered the people of his hometown, Russell, Kansas, that were there for him. And that wasn't just the only city. That took place in towns and cities across America for World War II vets who were injured or came back maimed, came back with life-changing injuries. That was their patriotic duty. The people believed they had to pay back those American sons and daughters as well that went to war to protect American freedoms. When Bob Dole announced that he was running for president against Bill Clinton, he made the announcement in Russell, Kansas, on Main Street, hometown. And that cigar box story, as I mentioned, was told many times. Bob Dole was very proud of that, always displayed the cigar box and talked about it. And we have a soundbite, an audio clip of Bob Dole mentioning that very cigar box story that we want to share with you now. And when I look out on Main Street this morning, I see faces of people who know me best. Or maybe their children, or maybe their grandchildren. People who have always accepted me and believed in me. There are people standing here in front of me who long ago put quarters they couldn't spare in this cigar box. And that generosity helped reshape my life. And I remember that experience many years ago that began with a, when I felt a sting in my shoulder. And I must say my whole life raced in front of me. I saw my dog, I saw my parents, I saw my family, I saw my hometown. And then I didn't see anything for a long, long time. But the first thing I thought about was home and the goodness of the people of Russell over the years has been a source of inspiration and strength to me. Great story, as told by Bob Dole. Cigar box filled with quarters from the residents in his hometown of Russell, Kansas. Cigars play a very intricate role in many aspects of our lives, and there's a great twist to that story. Now, President... Biden has declared that in addition to Pearl Harbor Day today, that the flags will also fly at half-staff today to, in the memory of Bob Dole. And he said, a statesman like few in our history and a war hero among the greatest of the greatest generation, the president's proclamation said. And I would have to agree. And Bob Dole passed away at the age of 98 this past weekend. And now we remember him, and it's an important imperative we pay tribute to the memory of the 2,403 Americans that were killed the morning of December 7, 1941. And we also pay tribute and memorialize all those men and women who lived through the attack at Pearl Harbor, but who are no longer with us. And that number is getting smaller and smaller every year. As such, 
We ask that you rise, remove your cap, as we play a rendition of Taps in their memory. May the Americans that were killed at the attack on Pearl Harbor and all those other Americans that survived that are no longer with us, may they rest in peace. And to Bob Dole, World War II war hero, longtime member of the House and Senate, passed away this past weekend, may he also rest in peace. And we say to them, we thank them for their service we thank them for protecting America and for paying the ultimate price. <laughs>